Welcome everybody to Routine Jumper Radio. I am your host Jalen Dixon and I am just a guy with a mic that loves talking NBA basketball and today on the docket we've got a very special topic. We're focusing on one thing and one thing only today. So it's going to be a very short show but I think it's going to be a very special and informative show and that's going to be centered around us talking about LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, when you look at the circumstances of the Los Angeles Lakers, they are a team that has been, to be quite frank, very disappointing this season. They have put out a very unproductive product on the floor. They have seen a rise in familiarity across the roster over the last couple of games or so as guys are starting to get healthy and Russell Westbrook has been quietly playing well after having a year where everybody thought the dude's career was essentially crashing and burning before our very eyes they made a recent transaction that involved giving up Kendrick Nunn who really wasn't even getting any PT for them and some second round picks in order to grab a guy in Rui Hachimura who they will have bird rights on now to retain this summer and could be a guy that could give them productive minutes at the three and four this very season. But that's not the headline. That's not what you came here for. You read the title. If you you clicked on this, you read the title. LeBron James has officially cemented himself as the all-time leading scorer eclipsing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Now, the importance of this is that I think most people do not deem LeBron James as an elite scorer. There are a lot of bad guys that are associated with being top-tier scorers. Carmelo Anthony, um, Kevin Durant, uh, Kyrie Irving. These guys who have an offensive repertoire that kind of screams at you that they know how to put the ball in the basket. Yet... LeBron James, as a guy who most, or at least I would say he himself considers him, he considers himself to be more of a pass first, get other players involved type of player. To pass Kareem is not only indicative of the longevity we've witnessed with LeBron James, but it is also indicative of how multifaceted he has been throughout his career as a player LeBron James is still considered top two amongst all NBA greats whether you believe he's number one over Michael Jordan is up to you my personal opinion is that I still hold Michael Michael Jordan above him but nonetheless that does not diminish the fact that he is easily one of the best basketball players to ever grace the game and last night only further indicated the kind of belief that LeBron James fans have in him moving forward during a season like this. Greatness displayed in this manner, 36 points left to go in order to pass this feat, and he scores just enough to make the run and break the record. Performs at an extremely high level and was easily the best player on the floor when he was, when he was, when he played. But 
we all know the truth of the Los Angeles Lakers as well. The truth about the Los Angeles Lakers is that that this this scoring title, this all-time scoring title for LeBron James was easily the most significant storyline about the Lakers this season. Outside of LeBron James passing up Kareem, the Lakers have been irrelevant. Anthony Davis had his one week of fame, went on to get injured. Russell Westbrook is the leading candidate, according to Vegas, for six men of the year, but he's on the trade block. The team's depth is not great. And they ran into their biggest roadblock recently in the discussions related to Kyrie Irving. Unless you're sleeping under a rock, you are aware that Kyrie Irving is now a Dallas Maverick, and you're probably also aware of the trade package the Lakers offered to potentially make him the next best player, next all-star caliber player to wear the purple and gold. The package was Russell Westbrook, the 2027 and the 2029. That was the initial package. And I think that most of us should commend Rob Palenka for finally understanding the assignment initially. Up until Kyrie Irving became available, the 2027 and 2029 picks seemed as though they were not even up for discussion for the Lakers brass in the front office. Seemed like it wasn't even on the table. Kyrie Irving came available, and those two picks became available as well. But later on, the price went up. Brooklyn upped the ante. They saw some of the other potential packages that were being thrown out. Terrence Mann, Luke Kennard, and picks from the Clippers. Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, and picks from the Suns. And he said, Lakers, we need you to step it up. I want Max Christie, and I want Austin Reeves. And Rob Palenka said, no, that's too much. Now, Lakers fans, Lakers fans know that's not too much. Not for Kyrie Irving. I think NBA fans in general know that that's not too much for Kyrie Irving. But the most important thing was that that potential trade package was the Lakers' last gas. The truth of the matter is there is no trade package left in the NBA. No no potential trade partner left in the NBA with assets as valuable as Kyrie Irving and that can produce in a win-now capacity to the level of Kyrie Irving for a championship-aspiring team like the Lakers. You hear Utah come up with Mike Conley, Malik Malik Beasley. You still hear Indiana with the idea of Buddy Heald. But the truth of the matter is that neither one of those trades were needle movers enough 
to make them legit title contenders. Otherwise, they would have been on the table earlier with the 2027 and 29 pick available back when Miles Turner and Buddy Heald was the combo everybody was pointing their finger at. If it was that simple to be able to make such an adjustment for a win-now move with one or two floor-raising caliber players, it would have been done already. And waiting around for the superstar got you Kyrie Irving on the block. And you still fell short. So the important thing to to make sense of all of this is that the Lakers have thrown a lot of darts out there without having a ton of ammo. It's shooting a lot of blanks. It's shooting a lot of blanks because they are in a circumstance where the roster is really going to be the roster. Now, the NBA trade deadline is literally less than 24 hours away from when this is being recorded. And things could significantly shake up if Rob Palenka changes his mind and decides to swing for the fences. But I don't see any legitimate pathway to this Lakers team improving enough to be a title contender when last night LeBron James achieved. Let me start over. LeBron James achieved one of the greatest feats in NBA history, something many thought would be literally impossible. And they still fell to the Oklahoma City Thunder. 133 to 130. LeBron James, let me repeat that. LeBron James accomplished an all-time great feat on a night where the Lakers were front and center. Even when the game was over, LeBron James was the headline. But the backdrop is LeBron James can do the very best he can, and they are still not good enough they're just not good enough right now the lakers are in 13th place in the western conference they just lost to the oklahoma city thunder who have now moved up to i believe 11th as of this and it seems as though it has been locked in this season that there is no real way for the lakers to thrive without LeBron James playing out of his mind. And even under those circumstances, that still does not even guarantee the best outcome. That sounds like, that sounds hopeless to me. Genuinely speaking, and I hate to attack Lakers fans like this, but I think that that is a hopeless feat to endure. Because the truth is, This season is a wash. It's a wash. Anthony Davis cannot stay healthy. LeBron James is playing 35-plus minutes just to even make the Lakers competent, dare I say. Russell Westbrook, he can't find a trade package for him to save his life. They're a mid-basketball team. The Lakers are a mid-basketball team with not many pathways ahead of them to become championship contenders. Shoot. To become playoff contenders right now. So let's talk about the real... Let's talk about the real 
focus of the Lakers moving forward. The biggest thing keeping them relevant is in the rear view. The only reason people were paying attention to the Lakers this season was to see when LeBron James would pass Kareem. Wasn't a matter of if it was a win and everybody wanted to try their best to be there when it happened. Grammy winners were in were in attendance. Everybody you can imagine from the NBA sphere was on there on the edge of their seat waiting for last night. Now last night has come and gone. So what's left for the Lakers really? The same Russell Westbrook trade package with the 2027 and 2029 and a team that has no real strong pathway to breaking into the top contenders group with even some of the teams in the Western Conference, let alone amongst, amongst the handful of teams in the East that are also going to be a problem. You hate to say this, and I'm interested to see how Lakers fans feel about it. But you have to wonder if now is the time to just mail it in now there's two sides to this coin and both of them are important to contextualize because they both impact the way the rest of the season is going to go there's the tanking element slash the let this season ride it is what it is you can't necessarily call it tanking because the lakers don't own their pick and that pick does convey this upcoming season in favor of the new orleans pelicans so all you're doing is doing New Orleans a favor. That's understood. But you're also keeping Anthony Davis healthy for a over, basically over a season's worth of time between the halfway point of this year going into next season, full summer of recovery. And the same thing with LeBron James, who is already up in age and is going to be 39 by the end of next season. This offseason, acquiring more high-level talent is as simple as letting Russell Westbrook, who most Lakers fans don't even want still on this team, letting Russell Westbrook walk as well as not re-signing Rui Hachimura. If the Lakers are to pursue that, it would instantly open up $32 million in cap space. There are a handful of interesting free agents that are notable this offseason, such as Fred Van Vliet, Kyrie Irving, who is still an extreme wild card in all of this because despite the fact that the Dallas Mavericks traded for him with the anticipation of giving him a contract extension, he is still an unrestricted free agent this summer. Which means he still has a choice and he's one of the most unpredictable guys in basketball, potentially one of the most unpredictable guys in sports. Which means that nothing is guaranteed. The Lakers have an opportunity to go into next season with a fully healthy Anthony Davis, a fully healthy LeBron James, and legitimate cap space for the first time in years to potentially re-up their team without being forced to fork out veteran minimums after veteran minimums and using their mid-level exception on players that are mid at best 
Sorry, Lonnie Walker. So those are the two angles, right? You tank knowing that it doesn't benefit you from a draft, from a drafting perspective. It doesn't benefit the Lakers at all to, to tank in terms of being able to get a better pick or anything of that nature. But in a season that is already slowly moving into the rear view for the Lakers, what what is your better option when looking at the fact that LeBron James, LeBron James and Anthony Davis both have legitimate health concerns? I think that's something that is super important to take into take into consideration is that although LeBron James's window is quickly closing, LeBron James has thrived when legitimately surrounded around talent. And the Lakers have just not been able to provide that since the bubble year. And even then, their identity has changed since the bubble year. They were once upon a time a defense-oriented team backed by Frank Vogel with real defensive personnel like Alex Caruso, KCP, Kyle Kuzma, legitimate, legitimate defense across the board. Since then, they've moved to a more offensive-oriented team that focuses on the idea of getting more ball handlers and shot creators to help out LeBron James. And guess what? LeBron James just proved that he can create his own shot and make things happen for everybody else all by damn self. And him getting help is not helping. <laughs> him getting help in that department ain't helping. So the best bet really is to go into next season completely healthy, go into this offseason with legitimate cap space, legit cap space. You're still the Lakers, which is going to make other players on the market interested in coming to your team as a free agent. And you go the last dance route with a big three potentially, if, especially with Kyrie Irving still being such a big wild card. You go into it with an open mind that we can swing as high as we possibly can in ways we haven't been able to in years to pursue a top-level free agent this offseason, formulate another strong big three that has a better fit, or distribute that depth out using the $32 million to build yourself a fully competent roster as opposed to a top-heavy one just built off names. They'll have variety for the first time with that kind of cap space flexibility. Lakers fans, I know this is probably very hard to hear, but this is one of those circumstances where you might have to look at your team and focus on the near future as opposed to the right now. Because right now, you're not a championship contender. Right now, you're not even a playoff team. Right now, you just lost to the Oklahoma City Thunder, who most teams, most most people in general consider to be another year of tanking after Chet Holmgren got injured. And yes, they've been a significant surprise this season. But at the same time, guess what? OKC was plus 6.5 last night. The Lakers were favored 
relatively heavily to win that game, especially with the backdrop of what LeBron James had the potential and eventually did end up completing last night. That's the truth. That's the truth is that if you look at your basketball team and you're real about your basketball team, you know you're not good enough. This is coming from a Bulls fan who keeps hearing that we want to keep the core together while knowing there's no flexible, tangible way for us to necessarily get better with that core. De delaying the inevitable. For the Lakers, right now, the extended portion of this season, the highs and lows of the All-Star all game, all-Star Weekend, the NBA trade, de trade deadline, they're all delays to the inevitable, which is that the Lakers are not a playoff caliber team. And even if they were to sneak into the playoffs just because of the fact that the, the Western Conference is so befuddling, they're not good enough to win a championship. I don't care if you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. The whole league has put the Lakers on notice in terms of needing to realize that those two are not enough to get the job done by themselves. Not anymore. Not anymore. So that's some food for thought because last night was an amazing feat to witness, but now reality is forced to sink in. Now, reality is forced to sink in for the Lakers because now that they do not have the ability to lean on the narrative of LeBron James's greatness on the floor, LeBron James accomplishing this feat on the floor, making history in front of our very eyes, no longer having that crutch now forces the Lakers to have to look themselves in the mirror and ask themselves, okay, now what's next? Because the truth is, this has been a great season for the Lakers from a narrative perspective. AD's had spurts. Russ has had spurts. LeBron James is LeBron freaking James. But your team, when it comes to winning, when it comes to the postseason, when it comes to us discussing you in tears amongst the other great teams across the league, aren't even close. When we talk about the best teams in the league, the Lakers don't come up. When we talk about the most drama in the league, the Lakers are first on the docket. And now with the trade deadline only hours away at this point, it's going to be interesting to see what the Lakers do or do not do. Because unfortunately, this trade deadline will seal their fate in one direction or another in terms of what they are going to do moving forward. They could be the team that makes one crazy plunge and prays, throws up the prayer and sees what the backing of LeBron James and Anthony Davis can do with a couple more additional role players that actually fit next to that combo. Or they could be left hanging at the altar with the roster they have now and forced to deal with the realities that they're going to have to be patient and play this season out by hook or crook. So with that being the case, with that being the case, guys, 
I am extremely, extremely humbled to say that LeBron James is definitely one of the greatest NBA players of all time. He's definitely number two. Even as a Michael Jordan stand, you have those Michael Jordan stands that try to poo-poo LeBron James so much that he's not even in their top three, not even in their top five. I'm not ridiculous. LeBron James is a top two player of all time. But his mortality is coming due. His NBA mortality is coming due. And the craziest part about that is that us as NBA fans might have to also come to the reality that the 2020 bubble was the last time we saw LeBron James, the player we consider to be the best in the NBA actively for the better part of the last decade to no longer have a window open as a part of a championship contending team. That's the harsh reality that we might have to all face as NBA fans. Despite watching greatness, we might also have to realize that we have passed, we have eclipsed the time and point when LeBron James was able to actively compete for championships because that window might officially be closed. It's crazy. That's actually crazy to say, man. But with that being the case, guys, this is the last episode before the NBA trade deadline. Per usual, you guys can catch me here on the AMP live radio show app every Monday and Wednesday at 1030 a.m. And if you missed the episodes, remember to check Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever you stream your podcasts to find the recorded version afterwards. We're going to pick this up on Monday after the trade deadline. We're going to have some time to be able to really soak in some of the trades that have been made, see what some of NBA media has to say grade-wise about some of the bigger trades that do take place. And on Monday, we're going to discuss some of the bigger trades and I'm going to share my thoughts on where the trade deadline takes certain teams moving forward in terms of their championship equity and decision making as they play out the rest of the year. With that being the case, guys, I really appreciate you guys for being listeners. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Check out the Knockdown J page and the Routine Jumper page on Instagram and, and TikTok. And until next time, peace.